Well, hello, and welcome to New Mommy at 40 podcast, where we hold space for those entering or currently in parenthood at an seasoned stage of life, their 40s. I'm your host, Victoria. Whether you're new here or visiting us again, thank you for stopping by. Come on in, put up your feet and enjoy being in the company of someone who gets you and the amazing and exhausting journey you've taken on. While you wait for our guest today, click on that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a future episode right now. Oh, and follow us at New Mommy at 40 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. All right, here we go. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby. You're getting the best of me because I'm a new on the wall. (laughs) Great. Today we get to sit with someone who is known to all who know her as the light in the room. Melissa Salento is a single mom in her 40s to a five-year-old daughter, a child that due to multiple fibroid issues was told would be impossible to have without fertility assistance. But after a recent breakup with her boyfriend, she was stunned to learn at her annual checkup that, surprise, she was pregnant. Melissa candidly shares her difficult yet beautiful journey through an unplanned pregnancy and how motherhood is the best thing that has ever happened to her. She'll also talk about the importance of a support system when having an unplanned pregnancy and what you can do for a friend in that situation. You're going to love her and get ready. Her laugh is absolutely infectious. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for our talk because I want to thank you publicly for being one of the people who were there for me when I got my polycystic ovarian syndrome um, diagnosis and my fibroids, because I just remember us, we, you know, Melissa and I used to work together at uh, an airline. She's there now. And uh, I don't know, remember how it came up, but you were one of the first people that I spoke to. And you just, your, your face just told me, you know, the struggle, even though you had something a little different. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, mm-hmm. but thank you so much because it, it is, um, it is definitely unexpected news. Uh, and oh, we often find percent. out. Right. And we often find out when mm-hmm. we're either planning or in a relation or thinking about it. So um, I wanted to just publicly thank you while I had the chance. But um, you're welcome. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, honey. For you, you were talking to me a little earlier when we were kind of getting ready for this chat that in your own family history that there were fertility issues in your, your mom. Right. My mom. Yeah. It took my parents about seven years to have me. So wow. they they went through the gamut of endometriosis and all kinds of, I mean, roadblocks, I, I guess would be the, for lack of a better word, you know, or, or phrase would be a lot of roadblocks. It was, you know, surgeries. And, you know, we're also talking about the 1970s and things are not quite as advanced as they are today. How about that? Yeah. So my mom was on a lot of fertility drugs that are now significantly frowned upon today. <laughs> So, well, you know, I, one I don't of the know things, if any of those things affected me or if it was just the luck of the draw. I don't, I don't no, know. No, we so. got really lucky in having <laughs> Melissa Salento in the world. I'm very thankful for all of the fertility drugs that are no longer uh, an option right? yes. for bringing you to us. Yeah, As yeah. I tell everybody, those those 
bad drugs paved the way for the new stuff. So I, I guess. Yeah. Except your mom had is. to pay for it. Poor mama. Uh, yes. And so did a lot of other other couples, a lot of other, you know, who were trying to conceive, unfortunately. So. Yeah. But so for you, like, did you think that you'd have similar issues? Not a clue. I I'd never suspected once that I would run into um, finding out what I ultimately found out in my, I think it was in my mid to late twenties. I think when I first discovered that I had fibroids. Wow. Um, and it was because I kept getting, um, multiple UTIs for no apparent reason anywhere. I drink a lot of water. Um, you know, I cranberry juice and and all that stuff. All the stuff. All the things, you know, and to find out that um, through just a simple ultrasound mm-hmm. that I was filled with fibroids is it was it was a shock. A life changing. I, I never I would bet. have suspected it, it, it is a big life changer. It makes you uh, figure out if motherhood is a journey you want to go down because, you know, at this point that. Uh, the fibroids should can't be there, mm-hmm. um, or they shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you also try to find out. Then, then you find out what your alternatives are because I, I mean, literally, my both of my physicians at the time said you will not be able to get pregnant without help. There mm-hmm. is no possible way from going on forward um, that you will be able to get pregnant without help. This will not happen the old fashioned way. <laughs> right, and this was in your twenties. That you found out. This is in right? my late twenties. Yes, so I also found out about my PCOS. I, th- I was in, I was definitely in my thirties. But when you hear, yeah. oh, you may have issues and it, you may not be able to do this naturally. Immediately, my thought went kaching. I was like, okay, so that's going to require money, a lot, a lot a of lot. money, and I don't think that that's something I will be able to do. When you start looking at the numbers, so did that affect mm-hmm. you in terms of? dating wise too, just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't, it's not going to happen by accident. Like, Uh, (laughs) should I just enjoy my flight attendant life? And (laughs) and exactly, exactly. Immediately, uh, my, my OB at the time, um, he and she actually, both of them, um, put me on a low dose. I, I was already on, on, uh, the birth control pill, because mm-hmm. I was having um, issues with, you know, my cycle. It was mm-hmm. never regular. And, and now finding out into my late 20s, it all starts to come together and make sense. So my cycle was never regular. Um, my, the cramps, holy mm. cow, were like mind numbing mm-hmm. uh, to the point where you couldn't think. Mm-hmm. You really couldn't. You didn't function for the first 24 hours. You really just couldn't. And oh, um, they put me on a low dose of the pill to try to keep the fibroids at bay. Mm-hmm. And it worked for a little while. And, you know, I didn't get as many UTIs and things like that. But I knew I was going to be on the pill for the rest of my life, mm. no matter what. So I would, she literally said, you can go off in two to three month intervals and then you have to go right back on. What were you thinking when she said this? It's like for the rest of my life. I literally looked at, I mean, I was, it's the, the, the absolute shock cleanse is what I call it. Yeah. 
and then it's the realization of, okay, so if I'm going to go down this road, I have to find a partner who's going to be patient, mm-hmm. who hopefully is financially stable mm-hmm. <laughs> before, because, right? Guess because, what? Right. And because you might need you, that's an, you, you're thinking of that already in terms of we're going to have a struggle and we're going to have to put some mm-hmm. money down into this. So th- it's the fact that investment. that's playing into your dating profile. Yes, I, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you, you know, are you, what is your occupation? <laughs> you know, what is your, what is your financial background? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, all these other things. I mean, you literally feel like when you're dating that you're, that you're setting up somebody for a job interview. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's not what dating is supposed to be. I right. mean, is it, does that make sense? Oh no, of course. So, yeah. So, you know, it's like, okay, I want kids. So do I bring this up now in the beginning of getting to know you phase? Um, is that the best way to go? And just be honest, do I blurt this out during dinner? Like, hey, <laughs> hi. Oh, Guess great what? tie. I want to have yeah. kids. Do you? Because it's going to be a, chug- a struggle. Like, that's it hard. It could take two or three years for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I just, it, it was um, the shock cleanse. I guess. And then, and then think, and then your, your, your way of thinking kind of changes from there on out. I I think the one thing that really helped me, and I I don't know if this helps. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but my brother ended up having triplets. Hmm. So in the midst of me finding out, you know, and and here I am now in my mid thirties and um, my, my nieces are now 10, almost 11 my, my brother and, you know, announced that they're having triplets. And I'm like, yes, like, this is great. I have right. three nieces immediately. And I don't, I, I mean, the, like the, pre, not that the pressure was on, but it was like, I, I have so much love right. and I'm going to, I'm going to be around to help raise these three little beings who are hysterical. And mm obviously take after me no i'm like (laughs) (laughs) right they obviously take after auntie melissa hello (laughs) hello um (laughs) but just the idea that it was it was really exciting that i I was okay with being an aunt but that says a lot about you too that you would look at the positive of this and go well i have three little beings to love and and boy would your hands be full i mean that's not yeah. just being an auntie to one to being like to three. three. Yeah. And, and I was there all the time. I mean, yeah. I used to literally, I would do a red eye. I would go home and I would sleep. And then, I mean, this is when they were infants. And then I would pick up dinner, go over to their house. And it was like, we were off to the races where at least I was, I, I helped with the overnight shift one or two nights a week whenever I could, I was the overnight because I was already on the red eye schedule. So, okay. Like I'll be up overnight helping with the feeds and whatever, when they were still eating every three, two to three hours or whatever. And it was great. It was awesome. It was like having my own kids, but not having my own kids. Did you find, because for me, I went through something similar too, in terms of when I found out that I um, had polycystic ovarian syndrome, I was, um, I think I was 33 or 34. And I remember being thankful too that I had nieces and nephews. And it did kind of quell my desire. You know, I just thought if if this doesn't happen to me, 
I'm I'll be okay. But the if part still is there, right? It's like, always there. Yeah. The if is always there. I have an if now. The if for me is because I now have a daughter mm -hmm. is what if I should have had another one or, right. you know, should, would, did I jump the gun, you know, mm -hmm. and we'll get to why I say jump the gun in a few minutes, yeah. I'm sure. So yeah, <laughs> let's talk mm -hmm. about your dating and go mm -hmm. back into a little bit about how that colored who you were looking for, what you were doing, how you were enjoying your super single flight attendant traveling around the world life. I want to right? hear about the, the fabulous life. <laughs> yeah, the, fabulous the one that life. everyone thinks that we have, but yeah. to a degree we, we did, but right, there's I mean, aspects, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, who wants to lug around 40 pounds of luggage through an airport, you know, in heels, in heels, I, I just in heels. Yeah. In heels. It's about the layovers. It's about it the layovers. Totally. A thousand percent. It is. It really is. And so, and I was still doing layovers. I mean, I didn't have, at the time I was also working in a restaurant at home. You know, I was either bartending or serving. I had friends that, you know, I'd met in the industry and they're like, oh, hey, we're having a Christmas party. Can you come bartender a Christmas party? Other than that, I was done with the 2 a.m. thing. Right. You know, I would, I would waitress, I would, you know, work two or three doubles, call it a day. And then I would fly, you know, really, as we call them, princess trips, where I had 24-hour layovers on the West Coast, and I'd go to Ikea, and we'd go to dinner, and <laughs> we'd have a great time, and like, whatever, you know? We'd hit road oh, road just drive. give us a juicy... St you're talking about Ikea. We want to hear about the hookups. What I are know, you talking right? about? I so... <laughs> I met, I, I met a, I, I did, I met a guy here in, in Rochester. He was 10 years younger than me. Should have been the first clue. <laughs> um, and I loved that he had nieces mm -hmm. and he loved his nieces. He was a, a great family man. Mm -hmm. Um, and his mom was one of six or seven kids you know, there was always family around. His sister um, had circumstances that she had moved back in with um, his parents, with his with her two girls. So there was always there was always young life around. Mm -hmm. You know, and and he was a part of it. He helped watch them. He helped take care of them. Whatever everybody needed, right? So lots of cousins, and. Um, we dated and we, obviously we ended up falling in love. We were together about two and a half years and, you know, I'm like, you just got to get your stuff together, man. I'm like, cause I'm almost 40 <laughs> and I'm thinking like, let's go. And he took my nieces took to him. Like I, I was shocked all three of them, specifically my, my niece, Emily, absolutely adored him. And, you know, you couldn't have planned it better. But, you know, there were like little signs hmm. that, you know, uh, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, get it together. You know, like, come on, like, you know, like I'm almost 40. And now I'm still thinking to the back of my head. Oh, boy. Like all the things that I should have been like, like the, part of the job interview questions. 
<laughs> I kind of dismissed half of them. You know what right. I mean? And that's what I was that's what I was thinking. You realize I don't think I ever asked those questions is no. one way that this can go, which is how no. it went for you. You just you held on to some of those questions and I then did. and then you you start seeing these these signs. So what were the, some of the signs that you that you saw? So we heard about all why he was seemed to be a good candidate on paper. On paper. On, on paper. paper. So what were yeah. the signs? What were some of the signs that you saw that oh, probably the, this isn't going to go the way that I think it's going to go? Yeah, I mean, just he um, like kind of dragged his feet on finishing his degree and, you know, getting a job and, you know, that really utilized his skills. I mean, he had, he had aspirations, but the aspirations don't mean anything unless you act on them. Mm-hmm. And um, f- he took a job in, in about an hour from here. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, there were, you know, nights where he would spend, you know, he would just stay over an hour from here instead of coming back to to Rochester. And I'm like, okay. So it was kind of like he was having his cake and eating it too. He's out partying with friends that he's met at work, mm-hmm. you know, video gaming and God knows what else. And, you know, and I'm like... Okay, and I had just bought a house, so this was. See how you you guys are in totally different planes. It sounds like too opposites. Yeah, those ten years too. I think made a huge big time. You're a house owner, Uh and he's not, and he's not. So in a way, I guess he was doing age appropriate things, but the you know yeah right you and you were doing age appropriate things. Yeah, right. They just weren't. Yes. They weren't aligning. No, not even close. Not even close. So I had enough. We we had gone on vacation in February. It was insanely cold where we went on vacation. It was unseasonably cold. I came home. I was very sick. Ended up on a multitude of antibiotics for about two weeks. Things started to. I don't. I don't want to say that they were. They were good when we got home from vacation. Um, and then, I, I mean, I was sick. I mean, I was sicker than a dog for like two or three weeks. It was, I came home and there were too many red flags. That So all um, of this, so the, this sickness kind of re- took, you had enough time to reveal, to, to think about this relationship. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so now where do you get to the point of I'm done? Uh, that was the beginning of May. And I said, no more. I said, uh, he, I literally had come home from a trip and I don't care if you have friends over, but I mean, he drank his face off for the three days I was gone. And I'm like, how are you functioning, getting (laughs) up in the morning and driving an hour to work? I don't, how do you, like, I don't understand how that happens. We, we, we did this in our 20s. We we, we did. And I, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what it was. So, he was thirty. Yeah, he was Wink. thirty. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But I'm like, get it together. Like, well, I mean, I just bought a house. You moved in with me. Like, mow the lawn. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Help me out here. You know, I don't ask can for much to get her lawn mowed. I mean, can yeah. you do something? Mo- can Didn't you just you help a girl trash out? out? Exactly. Help me out. Well, he did, but he left all the evidence in my garage of oh, the, the three, you know, the, the three day drinking. Binge. 
Yeah, the, the you know, the, the drinking binge he went on when I was gone. So whatever. And um, I just said, we're done. I just, you know, we all hit that point. And maybe it was a culmination of the fact that I was sick for, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. was. Maybe it was a culmination of just being sick and not feeling well for like three weeks. And then, you know, I'm finally back to work because in my mind, I got to work. I have, and I now have a mortgage and I have a car payment mm-hmm. and I have, re, I have responsibilities and, and I was in the middle of painting my house and refinishing my hardwoods. And, you know, I have a, I have a honey do list, right. you know, <laughs> with that, no, with no honey, with to no do honey it. to do it. Exactly. <laughs> so here we go, you know, and I'm just, I was like, you know what? I can do this without you. And I don't need you around. So I literally was like, done. And then, bump, 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 week later, I go for my annual. Oh, my goodness. And this is, and I was, I will swear to you on the cross, I was never sick on the plane. I was never sick at home. Like, morning sickness, night sickness. I had zero signs that I was expecting. Zero zero you weren't even and thinking it was I, possible because you had been told no. that it wasn't going to happen naturally never either. never wow yeah how far along there was were you five weeks yeah you want to oh. see this was i mean literally god bless jen who was the nurse there that day and i knew all the girls in the office because they're laughing they're like oh how's flying tell us about your funny stories because you know every flight attendant's got a funny story you know from this week yeah this week you know so um it, it was just we're laughing and we're joking and i can remember looking at her saying to her that test better be negative because i threw him out last week and the color ran out of her face. And, and I'm like, and so I'm still laughing and joking in the back of my mind. I'm thinking she's not saying anything. She's not saying anything. She's not saying anything. And we start walking down the hall and I looked at her and I said, that test wasn't negative. Was it? She went, she just shook her head. No. And I, 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 I was barely inside the the door to the room and I just, I collect, I, just puddled myself into the chair and she said don't you can't hyperventilate on me you can't hyperventilate. <laughs> I said do you and she goes I know what you're gonna say she goes I know you just said that you threw him out last week she goes but I don't know what to do and lo and behold Jen was having her own fertility issues oh. so here I am again oh. and you know so it's now we're full circle so yeah. but from the moment I found out, it was like, you're off to the races. First yeah. of all, my OB looks at me and she said, how did this happen? Now, that isn't <laughs> the exact words that she said, by the way. Right. We, it's I a family to, show. It's so a family can't. show. She walks in the room. She takes one and I'm bawling. And um, she said, how did this happen? <laughs> and I said, well, you're the physician. <laughs> we know how this happened. So the birds and, and she, the bees. She's like. <laughs> I need to know about your life for the last two months. Okay. And I said, okay. I said, well, we went on vacation. I came home. I was really sick. 
I said, you know, I'm like, I ended up on azithromycin and augmentin and God knows what else. And she went, oh, she went, how long have you, how long were you on these medications? And so I told her it was about two weeks, I think, give or take. And I said, I was really careful because I know, you mean, if you don't want something to happen, you have to be careful about it. Mm -hmm. And I, but in the back of my mind, I'm going, I'm not going to be able to get pregnant without help. Right. So here we go. So she said, you know, she looked at me, she goes, that's it. And she said, I am just, she goes, you are a medical miracle. I'm going to tell you that right now. She said, but now we have, she goes, and then, and then she says, but now we have a problem. And I go, and what's that? (laughs) Well, you still have all those fibroids. So Mm. the appointment that we were supposed to have today at your annual was getting rid of all those fibroids in the event that you may think about having a child or starting a family. She said, and now we can't do that. Because the risks are far greater than anything else at this point. She goes, no, she basically said, now we we are in um, conservation mode Mm. and survival mode when it comes to your your unborn child. And I said, okay. Wow. (laughs) And here we go. Wow. And off to the races. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. gun, shot. Literally. Literally. So... When it came to the pregnancy, how mm-hmm. how was the pregnancy? Because you these fibroids were they in there in the way of the always, oh, wow, always, always. So were you on bed rest? Were you were you able to work through the whole pregnancy? I she ironically she every every appointment I had was her trying to pull me out of work, and I said I'm not ready. I said if you're pulling me out of work, you need to send me home with a script with Xanax, so <laughs> and a paycheck. I, and a and the deposit in my, my bank account. Yeah. I am not ready to go home yet right. or be home. Um, and then this is kind of how things un- unraveled a little bit. Um, we had an emergency landing and um, I had an appointment the following day and everything obviously was okay. Um, and so the emergency landing, you know, went well. You know, I I got home, I went to an appointment the next day, and this was mid-September, and I looked at her and I said, what do you think if I, you know, stopped working like October 26th? I've never seen her whip out her notepad fast enough and write me a doctor's note and say, done, because she wow. had been trying to pull me out of work since July. Wow. And I was just like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And she's, and I'd already been in the hospital once at this point, um, where they thought that my appendix had ruptured and it was the fibroids breaking down. It's painful. Yes. Yes. Very. I've had that too. Very, very, very painful. So has she is, so it's my daughter. So as she was getting bigger, uh, she was taking all the hormones And they were dying off. The fibroids were dying off. Right. So, and they said she, she had prepped me for this up until this point, but literally I had a moment where I, I drove myself to the hospital because I literally thought I was, I was in big trouble that my appendix was rupturing. So, um, we, in the hospital, you know, the whole nine, I, I just, I got to know all the nurses and it was a blessing in disguise 
because I had ended up up at triage probably two or three more times after that. Wow. Wow. So, and this was in August when I, when I was, I had an overnight stay because they thought my appendix was rupturing. So that was in August of 2016. And then I finally went out of work October 26th and she was born herself December 22nd. Oh, wow. And how old were you when, by the time she was born? Like 39. 39. Wow. Advanced maternal age. Yeah, oh, yes. yes. Geriatric. Geriatric. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. You are older, older, old, old, old. And I said, so and I'm the oldest. I, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it's funny because, um, you know, one of the things you and I have talked about in the past was, uh, hearing people, not people, but just hearing, hearing things in general about, um, you know, why did you wait so long? Or, um, are you going to hurry up and have another? And I, Oh, that's, I get that all the time. Like you better hurry up. (laughs) I like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Every time I hear that I was always, and it wasn't that I never wanted more than one, but I always, I, from the moment I was in my twenties, I said, I'm a one and done. Well, you didn't even know if you could have one. And that's exactly it. Exactly. Right. I just think in general, people shouldn't ask that question. You know, it's like the hurry up part. I've never understood that one. I I don't get it. It's just not something you say to someone. I've never I've never felt comfortable saying that to somebody. If anything, I've been guilty of in the past of saying has been, uh, do you plan on having more? I've stopped asking asking that question because the way that I phrased it, do you plan? Mm-hmm. I understand that where it was in, innocently and I was thinking that I was giving that power to the person to answer it in a way that wasn't making them feel like they had to. It was more of do you plan? I thought it would be an easy no, I don't or yes, I do. But even that I've I've stopped asking because mm-hmm. that that plan word, especially for those of us who are at the stage of of life. Mm-hmm. I don't really control too much of that plan anymore. I can, no. I can do fertility treatments. I can try to do IVF. I can do lots of, uh, there are options, obviously. But f- at best, I can hope for my, the outcome that I want. Do you know what I'm saying? But I, I can't plan. I can't nope. plan it. Um, I can just try and see what happens. So I've, even tr- I've stopped asking that question in, th- in that way. But I've heard hurry up. You know, you're not getting younger. You better get that second one. I've oh. even been, how about this one? Um, hurry up before you change your mind. Now that might have some credibility. Th- that now, let me just tell you that might have some credibility. Okay, th- that I will agree with a hundred percent because as they get older, they become more self sufficient. And yeah. I will say this: I have uh, uh, my 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 brother, for instance, after having the three triplets. Um, they, they also went through some fertility issues themselves, which, I mean, they have naturally occurring triplets because Mm -hmm. they have a set of identical twins and then their fraternal twin. However, I will say that, um, I have another niece who is 10 weeks younger than my daughter. So they are basically being raised as sisters. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I, they, for six years, they went through their wow. own infertility issues of failed attempts, 
mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. So that being said, I, I yeah. hurry up doesn't yeah. always happen. And, and yeah. I, I just, when people are like, Oh, do you think you want to have another one? And, and, and I love my OB and, and she's very, she said, I'm going to do the worrying for you and I, so that you don't worry because your only job right now is to keep her in you until 35 weeks. <laughs> noted (laughs) and yeah done and um yes i I will do that i mean i breakfast she told me to get my affairs in order this was like the middle of november and i remember i had a baby shower the beginning of november i get my she tells me the middle of november to get my affairs in order i literally black friday shopped my way into preterm labor (laughs) and ended up up at triage one of my visits at triage the monday after thanksgiving and um she had me on house arrest as she called it. And I went, have we met? I mean, she knew I wasn't, she's like, you're on house arrest. And I go, I'm not on house arrest. I'm like, I am, first of all, I'm not Martha Stewart. Number one, number two, I'm like, I don't know what this house arrest thing is and where you think I'm like, how long have we known each other? That's not happening. No, listen, any, the reason why a lot of us end up, a lot of people end up in the flight attendant industry or the airline industry is because we cannot be we don't tie down. down. No, we, we don't. We, don't sit sit. we need to. We need to move. So that was probably an unrealistic ask. I, I just but, used to laugh at her, but yeah. So, but going back to like this this idea of hurry up. I mean, here's this miracle, right? Of a of a mm-hmm. of a child that you have. Now you know the idea of having more. Sure, I, I I'm sure all me included. If I could have started in my twenties. Yeah. yeah, I would I love to, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, I, I don't. And here we are, mm-hmm. and you have this beautiful baby girl. She's not a baby, baby anymore. How? What's no. her name? And how old is she? Lucy, and her she is Lucy. five. She turned five December twenty second. Oh, so yeah, Lucy, my little bubby. Oh, the little and munchkin. So, my, she's super cute. Super, super <laughs> she, cute. You guys think Melissa's cute. She's yeah, cute. I don't know about all that, but yes, thank she's you. You're very pie. kind. <laughs> she's a cutie pie. So now, how did the this boyfriend of yours, he's been kicked to the curb, but now he's a dad. How was that conversation? <laughs> there there wasn't a lot of conversation. Ah. I got to be honest. I think it was, it was more so, um, well, yeah, I'll be there to support you, but there was never any communication on his part. And Mm. I literally was like, if you want to be there and you want to be there for an ultrasound or you want to be there for an appointment, I'm like, give me your work schedule. I'll be happy to try to, you know, make appointments around your work schedule, whatever. I'm like, crickets most of the time it was complete crickets and um i don't you know i i think i think things have a funny way of happening and that he there is no communication with him at all i mean and there hasn't been since i was pregnant so um he's never met her i i know he is i know he has seen a picture of her um when she was a newborn Mm -hmm. i don't um, I have zero ties with him at all, which is unfortunate because, uh, I really would have liked to have had his grandmother meet her mm-hmm. and unfortunately she has passed. So, um, but I think she's better off for it. And, and I don't mean that maliciously. I think 
he needed he needs to do some growing up mm-hmm. um and start being responsible for himself mm-hmm. before he can be responsible for somebody else yeah and i mean maybe they'll turn around maybe that's something you're maybe interested to. maybe you're yeah. not maybe it's up maybe lucy will be you know will want to get to mm-hmm. know him and maybe she won't i guess there are a lot of ifs there but um the fact that you suddenly i mean i know you weren't in a relationship but i'm i'm pretty sure you felt that you would have at least some partnership in the pregnancy and thousand and, percent yeah so how mm-hmm. was that how were you emotionally after that did that cuz you seem okay now but in the moment oh, well, in the moment um i think it was a lot to absorb it really was. I mean, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. It was a, it, it's a shock, number one, because, you know, like we, like we have said repeatedly, I should not have been able to get pregnant without help. Mm-hmm. And then um, finding out I was, and then finding out how high risk I was from the get-go because mm-hmm. of the fibroid specifically mm-hmm. um, was a lot to absorb and but I had to I had to just focus on one day at a time mm-hmm. and taking care of myself because now it wasn't just about me it, mm-hmm. it was about somebody it was another human being you know mm-hmm. so taking care of myself was my biggest priority it didn't really sink in until um I would say probably a week after I got home from the hospital with her, with Lucy. Yeah. With her. Yeah. And I went, I just kind of looked around and I'm like, well, we're going to do this. This is it. Like, you know, it's like, that's why, um, one of the things that I say a lot and I'm going to get emotional. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Um, is to get your friends involved. Yeah. To have a have a have some type of community on you around you because it's it's overwhelming. Even very if, much so. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. That must have felt no. It's okay. That must have felt very alone. It's in a way you're not. You know you're not alone because you're looking at this beautiful little face looking back at you. Yeah. And you realize this is us. It's you and me, but it's it to look around and feel like, where's our little tribe? Like who's our tribe? Who's our little. Yeah. Yeah. So did you totally. So, but you do have a lot of people who, who care about you and love you. But at the time, was it the fact that, um, did you, was it difficult to ask for help? Or, um, or did you, was, were you disappointed? Were there people that you expected that would be there naturally and that just weren't outside of him? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There were, there were probably people that were there before she was born that, um, kind of just did their own thing after she was born. And, you know, we're like, oh, we're going to babysit and we're going to do this. And, and I'm like, so I, I, where are you? you? You know what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't like I really needed somebody to like babysit. Um, my, my parents are a tremendous help so I can go to work. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, one of my closest friends, she and her daughters worship the ground that Lucy walks on. And they're now, one is a law student and the other one is a pre-med student. So it's like, they're, you know, like, it's like their little sister, you know, Mm -hmm. like kind of deal. But I did the same thing with her kids when they were, you know, her age. So So, is it the fact that most of your friends had older kids or were single and didn't quite understand, they weren't in your world? A a lot of them were already married. You know, a lot of them are married and already had kids. Yeah. Um, So... You know, they were helpful, you know, in the sense of they. everyone wants to give you advice. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever had that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like, okay. Like, <laughs> in the yeah. hospital, like, everyone wants to give you advice. But that is medical advice. That is from the lactation specialist and your nurse and... Mm-hmm you know, the multiple, you know, the, the pediatrician coming in to check on, on your newborn and, you know, everyone has that that's, that's unsolicited or solicited or expected medical advice. When you have the child and you know, you're home, everyone has an opinion mm-hmm. about everything, mm-hmm. everything unsolicited or not. And that 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 is almost over more overwhelming than having a child. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say that to this day, because I don't offer any unsolicited advice unless people ask me for it, especially when it comes to child rearing, because mm-hmm. what works for you isn't going to work for me and it's not yeah. going to work for the next person. Yeah. So everyone's on their own journey. And I've said that from the get go. Yeah. It's a balance of having a community around you there to support you. I think probably the one, the most important thing someone's ever asked me is how can I support you is totally different than just spewing out, you know, advice, you know, it's like, you're there, but you're also letting me do my thing, but you're letting me know that I'm there for you. If you need me, wouldn't you say, would you say that's like probably the best way to support someone? A thousand percent. Yeah. And that would, I'm sure that would have made a world of difference for you, uh, too. So when did you, when did you ever get to a place of having a little community for you and Lucy, or is it still pretty much you and her? Um, well, you know, it's mostly, I mean, it's her and I, we don't hesitate to get on an airplane and go somewhere mostly Mm -hmm. because she's like, mommy, let's go to blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I haven't, we, I have family down in new Orleans, so we've hopped on a plane several times, obviously before COVID. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like everything is BC now. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? right. I know. Right. Uh, uh, she's a huge fan of Disney world, which is a hundred thousand percent my fault. Thousand percent <laughs> my fault. Um, so yeah, I'm actually, we're actually going to escape <laughs> a little bit. Um, ne- next great. month we're, but the as far as a tribe, I definitely have a tribe. I mean, you know, my parents, my brother, you know, his uh, his significant other, she's amazing. And, you know, my friend Amy and her two girls, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, my my friend Connie, you know, she's every week. How you doing? What's going on? What's new? You know, I definitely have a tribe, you know. And I think that's that's important. I, I, I think it's important to, to have. And I'm glad that to hear you say that now, going from that feeling of when you mm-hmm. were with Lucy, you know, yeah. that week after to where you are now. And it seems 
you know, that's helped you thrive in your motherhood journey. Oh, totally. Fantastic. So I do have a handful of friends who are single parents as well. Um, Mm -hmm. One has a kind of sort of similar circumstance than I do as far as um, the dad being involved or he, he was involved, not being involved, involved. now he's not involved. And our daughters are 11 months apart. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool. That was very helpful. I will say too, when she saw that, um, I was pregnant on social media because I really had not announced that I was pregnant. I mean, cause immediately it's a lot of questions and it's a lot of explanations and yeah. it's a lot of who, like, what, I, where, yeah. How? And I'm already, I'm already dealing with, you know, I've got to start taking care of myself because like I said, it isn't just about me anymore. It's about another human being that I have to make sure I'm eating three meals a day or more Mm -hmm. and I'm drinking enough water and I'm taking my vitamins and I'm keeping her in until 35 weeks because that's the goal. Right. right. 35 weeks was always the magic number. So I will say that uh, my one girlfriend, Shauna was so helpful. Like as soon as she found out that I was pregnant, she's like, come over. I've got stuff for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was just going to give it away, but come over and, and take whatever you need. Oh, that's and the I best was like, thing. I'll tell you, holy, I'll tell you what, being yeah. pregnant older and having all yeah. your other older friends, your same age friends would have older kids. The right? green, the, I mean, the stuff that I got, I mean, I got strollers and, and clothes and <laughs> I was just like, this is the business. That was the that was the yes. fun part because I had yes. all the stuff that they were like, here, just take it off our hands. Like, here you yeah. go. What, is there something that has ex- surprised you about motherhood so far? Mm. That's a good question. And I'm and I'm not <sighs> watching. I guess the biggest one would be raising another human to be kind and to not get caught up in what um, everybody else thinks. Mm. That's the biggest thing about motherhood for me. Um, It's uh, just trying to raise her to be a person, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the middle of a pandemic besides, because these last almost what three years two mm-hmm. years now yeah um are probably the most formative specifically i mean she's now five so i mean she doesn't she remembers a little bit of what it was like before the pandemic but trying to keep her life as normal as possible during a pandemic is like next i, I don't even know i don't know how i'm doing it but i'm trying you're doing no, you, <laughs> you know, listen you you're know, doing the best that you possibly can i i think this we is, all are i don't know if there's anything like this in our history you know to compare to no i mean they're no. growing up looking at people's eyes they're going to be great eye readers they're going to go, that's mm-hmm. BS. I don't look at his eyes <laughs> because, yeah, like, you know, between yeah, masks yeah. and and, you know, politicized the world. I mean, it's just I don't know. Like, sometimes I worry about that, too. Like what? Be extremely independent. And which the, is, yeah. I, I mean, as much as you want your child to be independent, you also want them to be socialized. Mm-hmm. And I think th- that's probably been the biggest surprise is 
you know, how independent she is mm-hmm. through all of this, even, even beforehand, you know, I, my, you know, my mom laughs at me all the time. She's like, well, you said you wanted to raise her to be independent. I'm like, I didn't think it was going to be this independent. <laughs> like she's really independent, <laughs> independent. Like she literally will just be like, mommy, I need privacy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is that? When, when did you learn the word privacy? Excuse and how do you know me? what that means? <laughs> That's so funny, but that's, I mean, it's, it's what you want, but I, I, I think it, it's definitely feels like an out of body experience watching this person that you've had in, you know, that was in you tell you know, graduate to the point of progress and say, I want privacy, mommy. That's, it's, it's a lot. Mommy, I just, I need some privacy. I'm just going to read my books and I just need you to leave me alone. And I'm like, okay. Never mind that mommy's home for, you know, three or four days before I have to leave for another two. It's okay. You know, like, whatever. And especially with you and what you do. I mean, time is precious, right? Because you can go away for three days and there'll be a totally different kid. I mean, a new skill learned in that time frame. Right. Right. And and I was finding that a lot when she was little, a lot. And it was like, there were, there was a lot of time where I felt like, okay, I need to quit this job. I need, or I need to find something else to do and I can't be away. But at the same respect, um, thank God for this job because I really got to be around a lot more than most parents get to be around, especially Mm -hmm. when their kids are that little, Mm -hmm. um, working, you know, eight to 10 days a month. How do you, I just, it's so, it's hard. It's hard to give up that kind of time and hard to give up that kind of flexibility. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I, I voluntarily took 14 months off during the pandemic and it was the best 14 months of my life. Being home with her every day was like, Oh, I mean, this is like, we played and we had dance parties and she knows all the, all the crazy boy bands I used to listen to in the (laughs) nineties. Yeah. I remember you being a big NKOTB fan. Right. And the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. And, 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 I mean, she knows, every, like, she knows all the songs. She she talks to Alexa now. I mean, in oh, my boy. kitchen. That's awesome. So it's been incredible. That's awesome. And hats off to you for dealing with something so uh, unexpected. But clearly that was the path that you were supposed to be on. She Thank was just you. meant to be here. Totally. And she was meant totally. to be yours. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. The poor kid. I know. <laughs> Lucky kid. Lucky, blessed kid. Lucky and blessed kid. You're awesome. That's girl. right. You're awesome. Thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Melissa for joining us today. I really admire how she was able to find her way through a difficult situation and that it resulted in her living the life which was specifically designed for her. I can't stress enough the importance of having a support system. As mothers, as older parents, it truly makes a difference, as Melissa so emotionally shared with us. If you are in a similar situation, please know that wherever your path along that journey takes you, you're not alone. Thanks, everyone. Please don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you're listening to us right now. And follow New Mommy at 40 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Take care of yourself and each other.